0: Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs>
1: Hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night, Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog.
0: Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog.
1: Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm
0: Jessica Funneborn,
1: and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corbea, and
0: most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. The really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, hey, this is David Z.
1: Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal. And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt played the character idiot in the movie Dismal and you listen to the gruesome hurt song.
0: This is Gruesome Herzog. My very special guest today is director, writer, producer Cody Knotts. He also owns a newspaper out in Washington, PA, and he has a new movie, his only movie, its first movie. Right now it's called Lucifer's. How you doing, Cody? Oh, wonderful. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you. Um, the reason why I got in contact with you is uh, because of Andrew Ross. Um, he's been talking good about this film and yourself. So I figured, why not? Let's get Cody on here and talk about some new projects. Um, the area that you live in, obviously, I said before, is Washington, PA. It's like what, about an hour from Pittsburgh, roughly? Is that about it works Uh, like?
1: actually, about a half hour south of
0: Pittsburgh. Okay, and I am a die-hard Pittsburgh Steeler fan, so it kind of hits home for me. <laughs>
1: yik, yik. But any,
0: anyway, so um, lay
1: your hand on a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, and I think you'll finally understand. <laughs> Troy Daniels put it best. <laughs>
0: But you have a very interesting story here that you started filming, and what I like to do is give the listeners an idea of what it's about, and possibly if you can, it's mentioned who's in it, and then if you got any you know interesting sites or that getting filmed at or any interesting stories, you can go ahead. Okay.
1: What, what we're trying to show a realistic portrayal of exorcism, not where people are spitting goo or torturing or you know nails are coming out of their mouths or things like that, but uh, one of the problems that I've seen in every exorcism film is, and this comes from personal experience in the Pentecostal Church and having been in a position where we've prayed over people and, and dealt with people that had these issues, is that there's no purpose to the demon other than the torture of the victim. And if you are accepting of the idea of good and evil, um, God and Satan, then the purpose would be to lead people to damnation. It would not be... Uh, To be obvious and walk around and show, look how scary I am. But instead, to be walking amongst us, leading us to our own destructions through our desires. That fight between desire, good and evil.
0: Okay. So basically what you're doing is you're making something completely, I should say, different and more realistic, basically, right? Right.
1: That, that's the goal. I mean, it, 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 with any story, you're going you're to have a fictionalized element and you're sure. going to, to, to raise the, the, the volume because you're only watching for a short period of time. Right. But um, what would take place in nine days in our film would probably take place over years between the characters. Um, but the idea being that the demon isn't wanting to be found. It isn't making itself obvious. It doesn't need to torture the body it's using. It's a tool for the demon. And it's as if every film is more interested in being scary than it is in, be, in, in making the demon uh, more realistic. What is its goals? And I find that much more terrifying when I see something that could be my neighbor next door who's manipulating me, or in our case, a young girl who's very attractive, who's manipulating people. It's played by Emily Cortez from Pittsburgh, uh, who is manipulating people to their destruction through sex. Right. Um, in sexual desire.
0: Interesting. Now, you have a, a cast lined up, obviously, correct?
1: Yes. we cast everything but like one or two very tiny parts that are just like day players. Uh, okay. Andrew Roth's playing our lead. He's playing Jacob Wilcox, an investigator, uh, sent by the church who has the gift of discernment, which, um, we're doing Christian horror. And when I say that, it's not this sanitized Boring stuff that you watch on television that is playing on the Lifetime Channel or something, right. or, uh, or 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 uh, Hallmark. It is the idea. That this is exactly like any other horror film. The difference being is that the people who have faith have faith, and that Christ does and actually exist as much as the demon does. Um, Roth's character is a he drinks, he womanizes, um, he isn't the best person is what we view as a good person. He doesn't abuse people. He doesn't mistreat people. Right. He, he, uh, he has problems with God because God's given him a gift of discernment where he can see evil spirits, um, which is taken from Thessalonians, but he, um, in the process, views it almost like a curse because he feels that he has to do what God wants him to do, and he can't have the life he wants. Okay. He's so he man. rebels with alcohol and rebels with picking up women in bars because he can't have that life where he has a nice family and a, and a picket fence. He, he's in, he's, he views God as discipline and order, not okay. love. All right. Um, so, so he's playing the lead. Emily Cortez is playing the uh, possessed girl, uh, Susie Schaefer, and uh, she becomes possessed because her father had a seance to talk to her dead mother. He doesn't have a medium. He screws it up. His daughter becomes possessed in the process. Um, it's probably one of the best scenes in the movie. It's done a flashback late in the film that shows this uh, seance, and when she becomes first possessed by the demon, and in fact she's possessed by Lilith, who's the first wife of Adam. Yes. And, and so we're using Lilith um, as part of the film, and we have a lot of biblical allegory hidden within it. Um, it's not so much that it's banging you on top of the head. The idea is that you can watch it and could care less about it, and you can watch a hot girl manipulate men to their destruction and women, um, or you can watch, you know, and, and get the deeper meanings that are going on. Uh, for example, the demon leaves. One of the things that's part of the Catholic rite is the demon will leave a body by a physical manifestation. Okay, okay. That, that's never really been shown in film. Right. The the right played around with it with nails coming out, but the demon didn't leave. Um, which which I found ludicrous. Why are nails coming out? Why can't it just be what it's supposed to be? Some physical showing. We're going to have her leave by the menstrual path, because being uh, Lilith, a child of Eve, would reject through the difference between the two, which is original sin. Okay, and so we're using that as symbology of Eve's body one of her children rejecting Lilith when she's thrown... when when Roth's able to... his character Jacob is able to exercise a demon from her. Um, We we have a uh, really good supporting cast. We have Camera Barlotta who was in almost every 1980 and 90s TV show for one episode. She was in Hardcastle, McCormick, and Love Boat and a whole host of those wonderful TV sitcoms. Excellent. Um, And she happened to marry and move she was from LA and moved here oh, wow. after marrying. She, she married a, a very wealthy attorney from western Pennsylvania and moved here. Um, she was in Pretty and Pink. She was one of the girls in the volleyball okay. thing. Um, and uh, so we're, we're very fortunate to have her involved. And uh, she's playing the mother of Tommy, who is the boyfriend of this possessed girl. And Tommy's played by Sean uh, Sheltman who is from Pittsburgh um, and Sean is Sean, his character Tommy eventually kills himself um, under the influence of the demon he's not possessed we're showing demonic oppression which again hasn't been shown the idea of the demon having influence over you and manipulating you our demon doesn't throw people against walls she doesn't twist their heads off she doesn't kill them herself she gets them to kill them she gets them to kill themselves by their actions and their, their decision making. Wow! That's she a, has to manipulate them to death.
0: That's a good storyline. That's a, that's a clever storyline.
1: Um, and, and and I mean, Sean, she for example, Sean, the character is playing Tommy, videotapes his. He has a desire for the preacher's wife. He videotapes his mo- his mother having sex with this woman. Now they were all influenced from the seance and they were not in a position where they would have done this. But their own desires got heightened and the demon in in the backstory which is only shown and told in backstory, the Tommy's mother and the preacher's wife Rachel have an affair. Oh. And the son videotapes his own mother because he's convinced to do so by his girlfriend. It, 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 we're portraying a woman who's vicious in a way. Again, that you wouldn't go. Well, she's demon possessed. You just go. She's a bitch.
0: <laughs>
1: right. 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 <laughs> you know. And, and but but the actuality is that there is a demon in there that's manipulating these people, and they're unaware of it as they're coming under this influence. Um, and we and we have very few like I would say overt in the seance we do because they first come under control. So they can't move um, Which was partly a compromise With a very small space We found out that if the people moved around It got very complicated So we made it so they were frozen in place As they were under demonic control That's the only time anything of that nature happens When she first talks to them As the demon And we introduce how the people were Before she came into their lives Okay And, And so we use that scene to do that Um but that was a compromise we had to make. We we, we filmed in a 200 plus year old basement, uh, or like cellar, that uh, has wooden or stone floor, and uh, and ha- or stone walls, and just a very very odd place. Um, and, and it only had a five foot ten ceiling, so it's very creepy in and of itself. Real cobwebs and big spiders. And um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now I heard that this is being filmed in an abandoned town or something.
1: We are filming in a town that has probably lost two-thirds of its population, okay. which is, which is the, the town of Denora, which has been very good to us. And uh, their mayor, uh, Chummy Lugnelli, um, has been incredible. He found this. They actually have eight abandoned churches in the town that no the borough had to take over. Holy shit. Um, so we were looking for a church we could film because of the, the, the nature of the, the what we were doing. We weren't gonna kind of to getting a church that was active. We had to find a, a, a church building that we could use. Right. Um. So, and DeNora is letting us film some of the things on the street. It's actually the home of Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr., Stan Musial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, uh, Reebok, or Nike once had it in an ad for Ken Griffey for president about 15 years ago. Um, they showed the big DeNora sign. Um, it's, it's a town that once was, it's actually most famous for the Smog. It's the town that Smog came in and almost choked everybody to death in the, in the 50s. Oh,
0: my God. There's a big
1: museum to the DeNora Smog um which which uh, you can see in the back of one of the scenes um, so it, it's it's kind of a neat little town but we're filming there we're filming in the the, the house that we're using is in Taylor'stown um, which is a tiny little town of 600 some people it's actually the farmhouse I grew up in we sold
0: okay. and the owner
1: let me go back to it if no one's living there so it's an abandoned house um, and it's gated so it's great for filming you can close the gate behind and nobody can get up in on the set. Um, and there's nothing nearby, so we don't have any sound issues uh, wow. other than our own people. It's 88, acres. actually between that and the next door farm, there's 300 acres that we have access to. Um, so, you know, th- and, and then we're, we're still, we have one more location we have to find, which is a uh, bowling alley for a short scene, but it might not end up being a bowling alley when it's done, but right. if we don't find one.
0: Well, that's interesting. So now, now where is Denora near? I mean, what's the nearest town? It's near. I mean, a big town. I mean, as far as a thriving town,
1: <laughs> it's south of Pittsburgh. It's in the same boat as all these towns are. It's on the Mon Valley. It's okay. right on the Mongahela River. Okay. Because okay. Um, we we also have one location in Mongahela, PA, which is the home of Joe Montana.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, <geez. laughs> Just down the road. I mean, it's literally three miles down the road, and that's where Montana grew up. That's weird. Um, and so did Governor Daniels. That's running for president from Indiana. Oh, okay. He's a he's a resident of our little county originally. He grew, he grew up here. Nice. Um, so, but we uh, yeah, we we're really known for sports. Ongahel very proud of the Joe Montana connection. Yeah, right. You know, they, they all played for Ringgold High School, and um, we've produced a, a more than a couple guys that played in the NFL. So, but they, they, you know, they're old mill towns that are that are falling apart. And, Unfortunately, they've lost just in the last ten years. The, the area's lost about twenty percent of the population on their river. No kidding. And, and it's you know so there's a lot of homes just sitting there with nobody in them. And Denor is Mongahill is much better. It's, it's very nice looking. north is in bad shape. Wow. Um, but the town is the town is in, incredible to us. Um, and their mayor has been mayor there for almost forty years. <laughs> he's 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 a neat fella. Yeah. Um, you know, so they've uh, they've just been great. But yeah, we're uh, so those are our main filming locations. Um, yeah, you know, it's going to all be filmed. Looks like in Washington County, which is we've had uh, parts of the Dark Half filmed here. Um, Night of the Living Dead, the remake was filmed here. It was actually the Night of the Living Dead was filmed from our principal set location, about two miles apart from it. Okay. The, the remake. Right. It's just over the hill from my old farmhouse. I could walk over a hill and be down onto that that, that property. Oh no kidding! Yeah, so it's they they filmed it all right there. So they, they, they had a cemetery down the road, and then because uh, the, the remake was all completely filmed in Washington County.
0: Oh no shit! Yeah, so I, I, we, yeah I knew that. Yeah,
1: now we jo- we, we, we like horror. <laughs> <laughs> now George
0: a. Romero. Now what area was he in? and that living. Uh, he's, he's in Pittsburgh.
1: I mean, in Savini, we're using a lot of kids from the Douglas School, young okay. young adults who graduated from Savini's uh, makeup uh, school.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And, and for Manassas, which is right across the river from Denora, they're right beside each other. Okay. Um, and we actually have uh, Cody uh, Rock, who's doing the the, the uh, special effects, and uh, Amy Tidwell. We got doing hair and makeup on it, um, and they they've done a fabulous job. They're they're great to work with. Um and we just got a guy who's doing sound with us from from their school. Uh so it's we've been very uh lucky to have a relationship with them and be able to use their students and well, these are all graduates but yeah. Um and and they're easy to work with, which is great, and they uh, do a good job. And and they put their heart and soul into it. You know, they're they're definitely not doing this for the money. That's right. You know they're, they're doing because they care about what they're doing. Exactly, what would have these issues? Right. And and, and I ran for public office. So it wasn't like I was out there talking, going, "Oh, by the way, I've encountered people with, with demons." Because you know, <laughs> people will go, "Okay, you're you're off your rocker." Um, but you know the uh, you know there's this idea that's went on in the church. And I studied to be a Pentecostal pastor. I'm actually playing the pastor in it. Um, who who uh, you know I always make a joke. I said. We needed someone who could do the Pentecostal pastor uh, preaching bit, um, but also be middle-aged and overweight. I said I qualified for all of them. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> but, 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 uh, and again, there's another one of the issues I had that we don't see. Every time we show an evangelical, they're shown in a negative light. If you watch films, they're always a charlatan. Yeah. Yep. That like Last Exorcist, he doesn't really believe anything. Right. Um, or they're uh Robert Duvall and the apostle, he's got all these issues and he's on the run from things he did wrong, um, you know, or uh Steve Martin's portrayal where he, he did and the worst part for me is having grown up in the church, not just that they are portrayed badly, but they don't get the cadence right. Uh-huh. You know, we, we there's a way of speaking that goes on within those churches and a way of doing things that other people don't hear. like We use the phrase principalities of darkness, which is used in the Bible, but you don't hear it very often. Um, And actually, Roth's character says it a couple times. He warns people of the principalities of darkness. And those terms, those phrases, aren't used. Um, And so we actually sat down with the people involved in in production, and they said, Cody, you're not going to find someone who can do what you grew up doing for 20-some years of your life. And I said, okay, I'll do it. I don't, you know, I wasn't planning on doing it. I had no intention of doing it. I thought, well, we'll do something where we say a line somewhere just to do it. Right. And the idea being, where are we going to find somebody who knew a realistic portrayal of them who's going to be one involved in a film and be seduced on screen? Which is a problem for a lot of Pentecostals and evangelicals. They're, they're good people, um, and we wanted to show them not in a negative light, but in a realistic light, not good or evil. Right. You know, that there's failures. Um, in fact, the, the compromise the pastor makes is the Jimmy Swaggart compromise. He doesn't have sex with the girl, but he does watch and entertain himself. And, you know, that's what Swaggart did. Right. Saying right. that wasn't sex. And, and and so we actually shamelessly stole from that, I guess, um, and said, you know, that's a great compromise for the pastor in this situation. You know he he's got a a extremely attractive young girl. He's not married. His wife's dead. You know there's um, but he can't. He's not allowed to commit fornication. You know he could use that term very often. Um, So he he falls somewhere in the middle. And and somewhere he's sensing there's there's something wrong. You know why is this girl attracted to me? Which is why we didn't want a a really attractive person playing Bill. You know we didn't want it to be. Oh look, he's just a good looking older man. We wanted it to be. There's something wrong here. Why is this really hot young woman going after this guy?
0: Right. I you see, know. I see your point. Yep. You know,
1: it, it, it might be for the power in the church. You know, um, which is partly implied. Um, so you know, and and and, but you know, we we're actually going to take the church scene where the monologue happens with the minister, and we're going to try and one shot it, which is going to be very difficult because really? it actually ends up involving four people, but. Um, to, we're going to pull back with the dolly And have him come down And into the audience And start to tell people And if I start doing it Don't laugh at me <laughs> <laughs> But you start to tell people About the Lord Jesus Christ And how he's going to bring salvation unto you uh,
0: You know, that's my whole, my whole uh, job here Is to get some of these movies out there For people to watch and get interested in So I think what you said in this movie Is really going to be throwing a lot of people's interest so I really do thank you for coming on, and I wish you the best of luck. And hopefully, if things go well, I'll be out there in April um, to, to uh, see you guys.
1: Can't wait to meet
0: you. All right, brother. Thank you very All much. Right, thank you. Take and care. Bye. Bye. Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical.
1: <laughs> hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night, Zombie Night*, and you're listening to *Gruesome Herzog*.
0: Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film *Madison County*, and you're listening to *Gruesome Herzog*.
1: Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig
0: it! I'm Justice Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corbea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, hey, this is David Z.
1: Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal. and as Dale would say... Let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator on 3 stunt sub-scenes. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog.